You ready? Let's go. Four check is going to have to answer for that one. Josh Bailey was the first to grab it. Hockey gods will always come back and get you. Top of the slot and a goal by Nino Niederreiter. He buries their first shot of the game. Hockey gods will come back and get you every time. Welcome to the Religion of Hockey podcast. I am Grab, joined by Nico and Jay. We're going to have an exciting podcast this time around. Yes, Hockey God, Hockey God Nico, as always. Yes, yes. All right, let's start this. Yeah, Jay's here. New segment here, boys. We're going to do, we're going to take this one, literally stealing it from another podcast. (laughs) Because we Uh, can't come up with our own stuff. Yeah, Don't tell them that. Well, we are. I like those guys. They know me. Uh, Doug, over Doug, over at the the Puck Podcast. We're going to do an off, we're going to do an off, off ice report here. So kind of, we kind of talk about what we went through during the week, like an off ice report saying a little bit about us, what we did. So, um, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll go first, I guess. Go! Right. It's the first wow. time doing it. Wow. You're ready? Let's Supremacy. go. I'll go, go first the, because I'm right, the best. All right, then you go first. All right, you go first. Jay. I was Fine. joking. No, go ahead. Go. I insist. Oh, it's me? Okay. Those well, manners. not that much happened this week because for me All right, next, Nate, you go. But um, <laughs> I was basically just playing video games, I guess. I don't know. And then most of my... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Most of I had March break, man. It's my time to relax and like... Not Bravo. <laughs> what have you been but, playing? Oh, I, I've been grinding NBA 2K19, you know? Oh, my. No. Uh, stop. But, oh, okay. Bad but, choices. Yikes. Okay, listen, oh, listen, listen. Jay. Oh, Jay. <laughs> what team okay. are you using, though? It's what okay. Team Later in the week, it gets a lot better because I'm going to New York, which is really exciting for my birthday. Um, And I'm going to go watch a New York Islanders-Habs game, which the Habs are going to win and get back into the playoffs. Okay. So, yeah, I'm very excited sure. for that. I'm going for four days, which should be exciting. I mean, going to New York, I, I'm... That's a place I'd like to go someday. Excited to walk around, it. sightsee, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've been to New York. How was cool. it? I went to MSG. So That's cool. That's cool. actually really yeah. cool to go see. I'm jealous I'm jealous now of the hockey god. Shake my All head. right, Nate. All right, Nate. What'd you do? My, my life has been clogged by daylight savings time and how chaotic that is. Uh, Bro, I lost an hour of sleep. I was pissed off. I, I barely get enough sleep as is. And now Mother Nature's taking it away from me. Um, but yeah, besides that, I'll be going to the Stars Gold Knights game on the 15th. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I was just manhandled by lack of sleep this week, pretty much. Yo, if you're going to complain about lack of sleep, let me tell you. Let me lay it down for you. Please. Are we going to do this thing where we went up each other? So, like, oh, I only got four hours sleep. Oh, yeah, well, I didn't on. sleep at all <laughs> yes. for 24 hours. So <laughs> let me tell you, I went one now. Nico hasn't slept in 42 days. <laughs> Let me tell you that in. I have not slept since the playoff race has begun after the trade deadline. I'm still awake and going strong. I have not okay. slept since the Leafs last won the cup. Oof. <laughs> okay, no, for real. So I am going to one-up you guys. So the what? so the night that the, the time switch happened, um, I have to be at work at 4.30 in the morning, right? Yikes. Um, and I didn't know the time switch happened. So, of course, I go to sleep, set my clock. And essentially, you know, the night, well, actually the day before, I have, I have to be up at 3.30 in the morning. So the next day I get an extra hour. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, but that hour matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next morning I'm setting my, or the next night I'm setting my clock and I re- and I look at the thing. I'm like, oh, no, not daylight savings time. And I'm like, oh, so I have to get up at 3.30 again. So I show up at work, right? And none of the clocks are set right. I'm like, all right, what the heck's going on? It shows an hour before. It's 3.30. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I set my clock to actually 2.30 in the morning instead of 3.30, but I didn't need to be there until 4.30. 
So I was at work two hours before at 2.30 in the morning. You're Sounds a smart good. guy, you know? That's oh, very loose, my. Dumb oh fans. my god. Like, I literally was so was so mad. So that, Typical Leafs fan. That's Typical. my story. Um, that means all these fans are dumb, okay? Yes. Just because one all right, we're done. We're done. Don't, don't, don't group us all together. If you're gonna call somebody dumb, call the guy who ate cat poop dumb. <laughs> yeah. The guy who ate cat poop was was dumb. Um, that's anyway, all um, Leafs fans. Every Leafs fan yeah. does that. Yeah, right. So anyway, that that's that's our outside off ice report. We'll we'll curve it that's out. Let's not eventually. call it off ice report. Is if that's what they call it. That's all right, what then, I don't know. What, what do you want to call it then? What do you want to call it then? Off ice life. Weekend of life. Off week our life. Off ice. Off, off ice, ice life. life. <laughs> off, <laughs> okay. The like sweet house of life and, Co- and Cody. And, well, Zach and Cody. Zach and Cody. Oh. I think it is. You never even, even watched that show. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. We'll, su- we'll right, finalize so, it. So, uh, by the way, we're gonna have the start of our interview series with Puck Seventy Seven. We're gonna kick it off with James Six the Third. So, uh, look out for that in a little bit. But anyway, let's get it go. Oh, we're also gonna be talking about the Eastern Conference uh, playoff primer. So uh, fudge, this is really have, fudging me up, man. I'm so scared. Have, and I'm sad, and uh, Montreal one sucks. Month, one Bro, more stop. Month we don't suck. Okay, we do Montreal. not suck. We have more points than the stars. So I'm wearing a right, we'll right talk now. About, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's get started with uh, the most important topic. Zach Boychuk. Zach Boychuk. Um, Yay! He followed, He unfollowed everyone on Twitter. Basically, he he was my first Twitter follower. No way. You're joking. Yeah. Swear that- to God, I, I wrote in my first Twitter bio, I wrote hashtag hockey because I didn't know what to put in it. I didn't even know how Twitter <laughs> worked. So I put hashtag hockey and then he followed me and I got super excited because I was like, I know Zach Boy Chuck Wow. You were by followed way, by an Instagram. Speaking of Twitter, follow. please follow me on Twitter, 416J. I need help. Please. Still under 100. I get bullied, I get bullied by these two every day, literally. Every day in our group chat, we have. Hey, under 100 followers. You're still under 100 followers. By the way, I unfollowed you. They unfollowed me. Just no, because. that was Nico. I still follow you, Jay. I, Thank you, I followed you back, man. That's all that matters. But no, for real. Zach Boychuk, he unfollowed, what, 800,000 Eight, yeah, people? Yeah, 800,000 people. And that was That's, insane. He was kind of in the same... I was kind of in the same position as you. I'm like, wait a second. When I was new to you, Twitter, and I was like transitioning to hockey, I was like, wait a second, an NHL player followed me? What? And you know the best then, part about this is that Zach yeah. Boychuk never followed me in the first place, so... <laughs> That's oh. awesome. <laughs> Like, that's that's pretty good. Awesome. He doesn't even know about the Zach. He Zach followed Boychuk. everybody else. Well, yeah. Zach Boychuk was like a meme in the hockey community, really. I mean, like, everybody got followed by him. He never posted. He said that he was, like, on his Twitter, says he's sponsored by DraftKings. Yeah, that's all it but says. Never, that's basically but it. He never, he never posted, never liked anything. Like, the only thing he posted was this, like, weird him inside. It looked like he was inside of his room watching yeah. the Super Bowl on a laptop. <laughs> yeah, it. exactly. A little weird. Um, but no, I mean, for real, now he's unfollowed everybody. I guess it looks good on his account. Looks like he only followed like 20 people and almost a million followers. So um, I don't know. Maybe I think that this is one of those things where it's just a marketing kind of thing where they he, he had someone he paid someone to work on his account and follow and gain this many amount of followers just so right now his, his, watch his Twitter transition to something else and just be like a, a business account for I something. Mean, that's we'll what see. I thought it was going to be. Like he was sponsored by DraftKings, but yet he hasn't had a post in like a month. Like you think he would do something with that 900,000 followers, but he keeps following and unfollowing people for pretty much what seems like no reason like you'd think he would actually do something with it i mean he might do something in the future but like no see, don't it, forget you he's can't unfollow by like eight hundred thousand people overnight 
Well, after that, like he's not doing too much with it. Yeah, well, he's still playing hockey too, so I don't. I really don't think it's him. Actually, I don't think he sat there and and unfollowed eight hundred thousand people. I tried unfollowing when I when I went through my following list to like get it down to people who weren't following me. Um, so it took me it took me like three hours. Me. Yeah, that took me like a second. Um, it yeah. took me like three hours <laughs> to like unfollow like it a thousand people. It only takes one people. second to unfollow Jay. It takes one second. I look him up. <laughs> to <laughs> okay, maybe ten him. seconds now. Well, no, no, all right, for real. But it took me like three hours to unfollow like a lot of people, and um, I don't even know how you even sit there. You're just staring at a screen unfollowing people. So I, I don't think it's him that did it. So I, I don't know. It's a weird situation, but um, let's not dwell too much on that. Um, let's get into some actual hockey. Uh, Jack Eichel. Jacob Voracek suspended. Okay, Both so I have games. a little bit of a weird, uh, little weird thing. I'll, I'll talk about the Eichel one first, I guess. Uh, of course so, you will, because it's your favorite team. Buffalo. That's your favorite team. No, no. It went, who was it against? Colorado Avalanche. Your favorite team. <laughs> okay, so for my thing, it's a very interesting situation because there's two sides to this. Okay, so obviously you have Eichel's side where you're saying he's playing the puck and, boy, uh, what's, uh, I forget who, it was Soderberg, right? Yep, yeah, Soderberg. yeah, it was Soderberg, and you could say Soderberg was actually like, n- like kind of like kneeling. He was kind of his head was lower than it usually is, right? He was like he was like hovering. I don't know how to call it, but he was like he was like lower than he should have been. So it's not like he was standing up and he like Eichel jumped to him. He was playing the puck and he went right through him. But then the but then the other side is is like you can never hit the head. That's like the one rule. You do not make head contact. So it's kind of like a gray territory, which obviously us NHL fans know all about this with goal interference and offside calls, with the leg up in the air and all that stuff. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of gray area in these rules, which we need to fix, but that's for another podcast. Um, I don't know. I think Jack Eichel, uh, I don't like, it's, it's kind of difficult to say, but to me, I think it was okay what he got, but I don't know. I could, I thought maybe. I thought it shouldn't have been suspended. Maybe it's just because it's Jack Eichel, but it, it felt like he's playing the puck, and that although Carl, Soder, although he made contact with Soderberg's head, he was like kneeling down almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that suspension, I mean, I I only saw it today. Like, I wasn't keeping up up to date really with it. But when I saw it, I was like, is, is this really worth two games? Now, yes, there was obvious head contact, but I didn't, I didn't see from Jack Eichel any malicious intent there. At least, yeah. not directly. That's the thing that I think affects a lot of suspensions is the intent, and I think that it should affect a lot of suspensions. I I think hitting the head. If I were to give him a suspension, I would give him one game. That would be where I would put him at. But two games again that is a lot for a team that for a buffalo team that is still technically trying to compete for the playoffs i mean jack eichel somewhat somewhat but they kind they obviously need jack eichel for every game if they're going to do that and missing him for two is going to be a lot and i yeah there's not too much of a difference with it but if i had to give a perfect scenario i would say one game so one thing is is that he actually forfeited one hundred seven thousand dollars because the two game suspension on like game checks so that's what he forfeited. So in my, I actually agree with you, Grab. I like the one-game suspension just to enforce the rule, just so that we can avoid injuries. But two games seems like a lot for a hit that it was not malicious at all. He didn't. He he knelt down himself just to get the puck. He was going for the puck, and like I don't know. I just didn't think he deserved two. So maybe one is good enough, just so that he gets the they, like the NHL gets their message across, which they have a tough time doing with their suspensions in, under uh, the CBA. As we all know, with other hits and stuff, there's a lot of gray area again. But uh, yeah, I think like for him to forfeit 107,000 was a little much for that hit. Well, I mean, like for him, so obviously he he's gonna abide by the NHL decision. 
for the suspension. Of course. Like he's gonna he's not gonna not take it. But doesn't mean he agrees with it. Uh he actually came out and uh talked to USA today and he said, if you look at the hit and look at the rule book, I didn't think it matched up. He says it's kind of frustrating. Um I agree with that. I don't they every one of these plays obviously they slow it down immensely and you're looking at it from like a million different angles. I've been in that situation where a guy is coming in with full speed. You're coming in from the side. You see he's coming. You think he's going to hit you. So that's, I kind of think that Eichel, with the goal, he looked at him because you could see him looking on, down with his shoulder. So when Soderbergh's coming in from the blue line behind him, he's actually going for a, to poke the puck, but actually protecting himself because he knows they're both going to be going against the board. So it's both they're both going to have contact there. Um, so it looks like he's positioning himself to protect, you know, protect his body. And it looked like Soderberg didn't anticipate that. So I would put that on Soderberg himself. Because again, I'm watching this in super slow motion, so it's it's not necessary. It looked like so. Look what like what happened is that uh, Eichel was protecting himself from Soderberg, who was who originally I guess he thought that he was going to come in and just kind of push him, but Soderberg actually went for the poke of the of the puck itself versus. No, the actual contact between him and Eichel. So while Eichel went for the hit, for the hit essentially, uh, Soderberg went for the puck, and that's why the hit the hit for the head happened or hitting the head happened was is just a miscommunication between two players. Which, if you're going that fast, the likelihood that happens is is obviously that could happen. And I I don't again I don't I don't I don't really agree with this hit. I don't agree with the suspension. Obviously, it was a hit. But if you're going that fast um, and one player goes for the puck versus going for something, what Eichel was just protecting himself. That's what it looked like. It looked like to me he was just protecting himself because Soderbergh was coming in with speed versus Eichel, who was going lateral into the boards. Looked like they're going to go for a board battle, but obviously he went for the puck. Yeah, I with that hit, one last thing. I feel like with that hit, it was obviously a very fast play most ty- most hits like that are but when it came to Soderberg he never really let up from his crouch he never gave himself an opportunity to get out of that vulnerable position and when you're facing uh, players I want to say Eichel's a strong player but like he can he can hit he can do some damage and Soderberg never really let out of the sl- slanted position that he was in and he was go- he it looked I would agree with that it looked like he was trying to go into into him and try and hit him and I, when it came to Soderberg there again he's not the biggest guy but he just kind of gave himself a kind of bad situation there kind of voluntarily where yeah I can't fault him for getting hit but it was his position where he kind of deserved it at a point where he wasn't completely vulnerable but I would never say that a player does I would never say a player deserves it but I I would definitely say that he put himself in a position where if something was going to happen, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Now, let's go on to the to the Jacob Voracek hit. This was just this was just dirty. This was just dirty. I, I don't under when you have a when you have a player coming in for the, the so the play happens. The play is going around the board behind the behind the goalie goes over to the right board, right wing corner board where Voracek is looking. The puck isn't even near Voracek. He sees Boychek coming, makes eye contact with him, and then gives him the reverse hit. What are you doing in that situation? Why are you even doing that? Like, why are you even doing that? That That's such a... Like, come on, man. I can, like, def- you're going- I can defend. I can defend that Eichel hit. I can't defend. I would never I defend. defend I would literally... Next time I ever saw... If the Islanders go against the, the Flyers this year again, somebody go and punch Voracek in the mouth. 
Hartman. Okay, so I just watched the clip again just to keep it fresh in my mind. That was awful. That and was then, awful. Well, boy, check, boy, and check. Did you hear in, what he said the, after? He said, yeah, oh, I will get I don't you. Think I just, like, it was dumb. He, uh, he was, it was nowhere near the puck. He literally just, like, basically elbowed him in the face, like, unsuspectingly. It was almost like a sucker punch. What a joke. Like, did it was a joke, you see what he tweeted, yeah. too? He tweets after that, puts five laughing emojis underneath the suspension tweet. Yeah, You're a, a joke, for yeah, check. Joke of a hit. You're an absolute no. He's an absolute joke. And then after after the hit happened, actually in the clip itself, Boychek says, "I will get you." It's good, good. You know what? That's a dirty. That's such a dirty hit. I I I don't know. That's not hockey, man. That's just violence. That's just violence. That's not even hockey, man. That's I. That's trying to injure for, someone, and if that's you're go, you're the case, you guy. get five games minimum. That should yeah, be how it is. That was intent to hurt. That was not a hockey play. That was assault, basically. I would, uh, yeah. I would give him five for that. Personally. I would definitely give him five. It's it's idiotic. It's an idiotic play. At least. And with that whole hit, it just baffles me what Voracek was even thinking there. Like, what are you possibly doing besides trying to hurt that player in that moment? Like, yeah. all I can see is, like, for sure. this guy wants to kill this man right now. Like, what else could he be thinking? He's not going for the puck. He's right behind him and waits for Boychuk to come along just so he can elbow him right there. That's not... That's not a hockey play. That's a terrible play that two games at least. Like, you gave, you gave Eichel too many, and you gave Voracek so... You just gave Voracek so little from what he actually deserved there. Well, what's, well, what's too little? I think five games is actually pretty perfect. I mean, what would you give him? Like, 15? I would give him five. I would give him five. Yeah, I think five is good. I said two games is too little. No, two games is too little, obviously. So five is right. I th- Oh, okay, that makes sense. I thought you were going to say, like, he deserves, like, 10 or 15 or something like that. I mean, I wouldn't be... Uh, 10 is a little bit much, but I wouldn't be Five is good. I think that. they got it right with five, actually. Uh, but moving on to, I think, one of the bigger stories this week um, is Quinn Hughes getting signed by the Vancouver Canucks. Now, we pretty much, pretty much everybody around the Canucks and uh, with Canucks fans, pretty much everybody expected this. I mean, he was looked at as a guy that... Yeah, he said he was gonna go. He every his father said he was gonna go. I, that it makes sense. And when you, we look at what Brock Besser did, he did almost the exact same thing. It was signed and played that March and April, played some valuable games and played pretty well. And then the next season, he becomes the, one of the Calder candidates, and he just looks amazing. And I feel like that could be the same situation as Quinn Hughes. Obviously, he's a defenseman; it's different. But I think giving him that time right now is valuable, even though you burn a year of that ELC. Uh, may I make a may I make a recommendation to Jim Benning and uh, probably I would actually not play him this year. Actually, I'd I'd rather him uh, develop a little bit more. Maybe play well, too NHL. late. And then, right, yeah, well, I too disagree. late, obviously. But I disagree, me, man. If you have a month left in the season, play him and, now. And it doesn't look like the the. I'd rather him just start though. fresh with new season, get used to everything. You know, that's just me though. This I'd is how you get used, used to it. To this is this is exactly how you get used to playing with with a new team though. It's just a very it's like in, it's a quick it's month, in, you know. It's just a month and then you're done. I'd rather I, this is just my opinion. I mean, maybe it's not right, but I would just rather him, you know have like get to know everything get to know like plays or not plays or whatever just stuff like that and just get used to like the nhl because obviously he's a rookie and then i don't know that's just me i'd rather him just start fresh you know i like starting i think giving him that extra month though or maybe that opportunity to be even more fresh in training camp this is too late this is like a month i if you if you if you signed him like at the trade deadline that's a little different to me well, he. I don't think he was going to be ready at the at he training camp. He wanted to finish camp. his college season. So yeah, yeah, he wanted to finish yeah. his college season first. Exactly. 
But no, I, mean, I, I agree. I agree with it. I think with him, with it coming to Vancouver, um, it gives him valuable experience right now, and especially with a team that is not going to make the playoffs, but um, they're playing the role of spoiler, and and sometimes that's some of the best hockey you get to see with a team that, while they may not be making the playoffs, they still have a reason to go out there every night, and especially with a young roster like the Canucks have, being led by Pedersen and and uh, Brock Besser. To have a defenseman that's young and going to be one of your core players, he's going to get the opportunity to play power play, to play penalty kill, Already. four and four right now, and in in situations that yeah, in situations that are going to be um, you know crucial to maybe not the Canucks make the playoffs, but if let's just say if Arizona is um, one point away from the playoffs. That's that's a playoff game for the Canucks. Yeah, and not to mention, like I think I agree with you, Nico, about how they're just playing spoiler now because they're kind of locked into where they're at because they're nine points out of the playoffs, but they're definitely not catching up to teams like Ottawa and Detroit who have fifty eight and fifty two points in the standings. So you're pretty much locked into that mid like uh six uh five to ten range of a draft pick. Um, obviously you want to get closer to five, but I think you're right with just playing spoiler just because. Um, you're kind of locked into where you are, so you might as right. well try to win some games and get some experience under your belt for Elise Pedersen, uh, Rock Besser, uh, Bo Horvat's having a great season too. Yeah, and All right. I wish I wish Vancouver would just tank as much as possible so they could get Jack and Quinn Hughes. That would be amazing. Um, but I feel like with Vancouver, yeah, giving him that a valuable experience. The guy is, I think, I think he like just turned 19 or something. The guy is, he's super young still, but he is ready. I think right now for top four time power play time, he's ready for that. And they're giving him he's that extra, stud. giving him that extra bit of experience. He'll be great offensively. He, that's he's, what he's gave Brock stud. Besser that extra start and that extra fuel to get better. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we kind of already knew this next extension, but, um, it's Mark official. Stone. It's official. Mark Stone extended eight years. New home in Vegas, nine point five million for the next eight years. I think that's a fantastic contract. Uh, I know we mentioned it uh, at the trade deadline episode that we had, uh, but Mark Stone is definitely be, uh, a top ten player, and to have him at nine point five going yeah. into his go um, going into his uh, top into his prime of his career. Fantastic contract. And, one uh, more thing. Yeah. One more thing we got. Nino Niederreiter. <laughs> Nino! Oh, I didn't know we were actually going to talk about this. Yeah, we are, man. Nino Niederreiter, my boy El Nino. Um, I'm excited. I bought his jersey when he went to, um, when he was in the Islanders, when he got drafted fifth overall. Yikes. <laughs> I, bought, I bought his Islanders jersey. Um, <laughs> and then he sucked. <laughs> and it was really bad. But the thing was, they never sent him down. So it was like, it's like someone getting stabbed in the knee and then telling him to go run a marathon. But they're still stabbing him in the knee. <laughs> um, it just didn't work out. That, that's the, oh, this is the season. He had 55 games played. Guess how many points he had? Five. Nope. Jay? Seven. He had one point. <laughs> he, he had one goal and it was a negative 29. 55. Yikes. Why would you keep him? Why would you keep playing him? <laughs> um, anyway. He's 21 points uh, in 22 games with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They traded him too. They traded after he had one point in 55 games. They're like, uh, For no. Cal, Cal Clutterbuck <laughs> and a third round pick, which became oh, nothing. Oh, yeah. man. But yeah, this year he has 21 points in 22 games. Man, this, do, do the Minnesota Wild look dumb? <laughs> Victor Rask, really? Oh, He's got like they, five uh, points in like twenty-two games or something. With don't him? call Minnesota dumb because they made a different know, deal Donato. that's been working out perfectly for them. I know Ryan Donato's working. That out Ryan really Donato good deal for has been working out amazing for them. Ryan Donato is on a tear right now to prove his uh, his uh, game. 
All right, and with that, uh, we're going to go send it over to James Hicks for our first Puck 77 interview. What is going on? I'd like to welcome my boy, my friend, my boy oven, James Hicks III. We are, he's kicking off the start of the Puck 77 interviewing um, new segment that I'm doing here where I just talk with Puck 77 people and hope that uh, they're good at talking. <laughs> I mean, what is this, me supposed to be like your guinea pig or something where we get the worst ones out of the way first? <laughs> you know, essentially, essentially, yes, you are, you are the worst one, so I chose you first. No, 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 you're my, you're, my, you're my boy, so I figured, no, I start off with somebody who I have done podcasts, you are actually the first person that i did a hockey show with so um so yeah we did it well it's been a year already since that man <laughs> since we since we did it well it's been a whole year it's exciting it's exciting we we've grown a whole year since then anyway um we're not here to talk about that um we're here to talk about uh you so tell me about yourself man now obviously you are um the contributor for the for puck 77 and you are the blackhawks contributor so fun stuff there obviously the blackhawks aren't doing so uh well right now but um just tell me about a little bit about your fandom how did you become a blackhawks fan and tell me a little bit about yourself as you know i'm james uh i get to do like my own podcast uh during the week and then uh that's called the bag skate hawks and then i also contribute for the 77 uh i'm just involved with like a lot of things that are like the black hawks and whatnot um dude i became a fan like literally since birth i guess you could say you could even ask my parents that they he was birthed in with feathers and everything <laughs> pretty much but uh but anyways um you know, I started going to going to Blackhawks games in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, I was uh, basically hooked since then. And now that you know I'm a little bit older, I get to go to Blackhawks games all the time when I can afford it. <laughs> right. When you were um, so obviously uh, you were born here in Chicago, well, in Chicago, but you were born in Illinois. Um, and the Blackhawks at the time, you know when you were growing up they weren't all that good no they were not uh, when you were growing up who was your favorite Blackhawk Eric Daze Eric Daze man the names that were on that so from 2000 to 2005 um, that team even you know after that too even after that till what I say what 20, 20 2007 probably they were not good uh, yeah 2007 2008 was really the first year that they were actually good in my lifetime Right, and during that time, I mean, they they drafted so many players that just didn't work out. Um, I mean, I think personally, I'm still a fan of Cam Barker. I think they gave up on him a little bit too early. Just saying. Um, uh, but anyway, so when you're when you're a Blackhawks fan growing up, and you finally get to see him win a cup. Uh, personally, obviously, I'm a Leafs fan. I never got to see. I haven't gotten to see that yet. Uh, when they won the cup, what were some of the like the what, what were you feeling when they won the cup? The lead um, up, the lead up, I say. You're you're gonna have to be more specific on which one. Oh yeah, you're right. Really <laughs> sorry. All right, so um, let's go. Let's go with the 2010 run. So obviously, the year prior, they were in the conference finals against the the Red Wings, um, and losing to them to their bitter rival, and then finally coming back and winning it the next year. Talk, talk about that 2010 run a little bit. Well, you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun uh, because not only the simple fact that you know you see your team win the Stanley Cup for the first time in 50 years um not only that but you just saw 
a team come together uh, such as the Blackhawks you know having seen them you know the year before losing in the conference finals to Detroit who you know really had a fantastic year and then you know coming out in 2010 and really just I don't want to say being a dominating force because I don't really like using that phrase. Um, but, you know, you just saw a team come together, uh, especially under Coach Joe Quenville, um, you know, and then they go into the playoffs and just get it done. Right, and that's that season was was so great because you had all the young players that were drafted come together and win. I mean, wh- who was on that team? I mean, Kane, Taves, Bufflin, Ladd. Um, oh, I know. Uh, Versteeg. I mean, not that those there guys, was, they were drafted uh, on that team, but just the young players all coming up together. Uh, yeah, Thomas uh, Thomas Kopecky. Oh, man, he was awesome. And, you know, it, while he was only like a third line, like essentially third, fourth line player, like for whatever reason, he was like one of my favorite players. I like loved watching him play. Such a great two-way. He was like Hosa, except, you know, didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> essentially and how about that host signs with them in 2010 essentially chasing a cup you know i mean 2008 with the uh with the penguins to lose and then 2009 goes to the red wings loses and then goes to the blackhawks and wins i mean it's, it, it, he took a risk in his career like nobody does that the prime of their career signing one-year tickets nobody does that and he chose the hawks i mean i can understand from a standpoint of like wanting to win a stanley cup that bad and i guess you know just seeing what we know now after what came out a couple years ago about his skin condition i'm starting to wonder if that maybe played a factor into it yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily about that. I mean, maybe he thought that it was going to be over, his career was going to be over sooner rather than later. Well, that's what I mean. So, if that's what you mean, then yeah, you know, maybe that was. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm not going to say that like the ego got to him, but I want to say that maybe you know, Hosa was like, hey man, I'm good enough to do this. I re- rely on myself, my skills. And I'm going to be able to get a get a hot ticket anyway. I mean, it was only two years, keep in mind. But I mean, to make the Cup final three years in a row is still pretty impressive. And I mean, he went to he was in Atlanta at one point, so he was probably like, "Man, I'm never going to make it here." So I was going to say that. I was going to say that he is a Thrashers legend. Yeah. So anyway, after that year, obviously they had to get rid of a lot of players, and then they lost um, in 2011. Um, it it seemed like they were going to win every single year and then two years go by and nothing happens and then 2013 that that magical season well you know and and i think one of the things too is you know you look at the playoffs in 2011 2012 uh those two years combined and they really weren't playing up to par in the playoffs to begin with um i look at 2012 as a great example of the year that I don't know, a lot of people doubted Corey Crawford for the amount of softies that he gave up in the playoffs. And then you saw him come out in 2013, uh, that absolutely fantastic goalie tandem of him and Ray Emery, God rest his soul. Uh, I think 
brought out the best in each other. What was surprising about that for me is in the twenty in the twenty twelve season. I mean, people do realize that the Coyotes went to the conference finals, right? They weren't just they weren't just this nothing team. I think that's what people were like. Oh, it's just the Coyotes, whatever. That team was actually really good. I mean, I mean that was also the year that uh, Hosa got hit by the dirtiest player of all time, in my opinion, Rafi, Rafi Torres. Man, I. I remember the the year after that when uh, first game, uh, Jamal Maris went after him Good. big the time. Old time hockey. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that that team was really good the coyotes team and they beat the hawks and i think that year was one of the years where it's like hey if we're not gonna do this then it's never gonna happen again we need to figure out something something clicked mentally in them that just happened in 2013 obviously uh they did what they didn't uh they had points in what uh i want to say like out of the 48 game schedule what they had points in 44 games of that i believe so because they started out the year 21 0 and 3 unbelievable run i remember it ended. and and the cool thing the cool thing about that was too was actually something flipped uh through my twitter profile yesterday about the uh the carcillo goal that uh the one against colorado the last game that they won before they lost the point streak and you know and that's the other thing too is um I'm going to credit my dad for saying this uh, back then, but, you know, he said the team who gets out to the fastest start is going to win the Stanley Cup. And while that was tested many times uh, in the playoffs, especially in that playoff series against Detroit going down 3-1, you know, it's just uh, it was one of those things where I think you saw leadership, uh, especially from Brent Seabrook, you know, going over patting Jonathan Taze on the head and saying, hey, just let it go. Forget about it. That whole team just had a, had an aura about it. Like, it just cl- absolutely clutch, I would say. So we talked about the 2010, 2013. Now on to the final cup, 2015. Um, this was the cup that, man, this is the, this is like dedication award. This is youth battle. This was the most battle-driven cup team that I've seen in a long time. Which is the amount of how much they had to just put in effort to to get this cup. Yeah, you know, that, and that's a really good point. I mean, you look at that Stanley Cup final series with uh, with Tampa Bay, and most games were two to one. And if your goalie's off just a little bit one night, that series completely changes. Seabrook, Keith, and Jalmerson. There was no other defenseman on that team. The ghost of Kimo Timonen was there. That was the year that Michael Roosevelt broke himself. Oh, come in the opposite on. Direction. Come on. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk was still a young defender who honestly wasn't ready to go. It was Keith and Seabrook for 40 minutes. <laughs> and then Jalmerson and sometimes Kimo Timonen. I mean, playing with only three defenders and essentially that the depth came through for them. I mean, Andrew Shaw... Uh, but that was the second year with Versteeg. Versteeg came back. Um, Antoine Vermette. Antoine Vermette, the legend Antoine Vermette. First round pick <laughs> traded Antoine Vermette. Andrew Desjardins was another guy that they traded for the trade deadline. You know, and I mean, you look back to that first round too uh, versus Nashville and how close it came to never being in 2015 for that team. I mean, and granted, it helps to have a. It helped to have a solid backup like Scott Darling, who, you know, might not be what he once was now, 
you know, he's going through some stuff, you know, trying to get himself back on track. Um, but you just look at it seemed like every game in the first round he's making big saves and you know ultimately kind of fizzled out a little bit but that's when you saw Corey Crawford come back in the net and take over the reins yes sir and then obviously they beat the rest of the teams up to the Stanley Cup final and they beat the heavily favored in that in my opinion the Tampa Bay Lightning were the favorites in that series I, I looked at that series and I was like oh no not Tampa Bay but then you know you just kind of uh, just kind of faced adversity head on and you, you overcame and you adapted. So there you go, three cups, <laughs> three cups, um, quite right on, quite the run. And then at the men's, they went to the um, they went to the uh, the conference finals in 2014 as well. Yeah, one goal away from a three-peat. That's uh, that's what kills me the most. Now we fast forward to today's Blackhawks, where at one point before the trade two games before the trade deadline they were in a playoff spot and right now they find themselves not in a playoff spot you know this is where i have to credit you uh you know you came on my radio show and you talked about the fact that if they went on a little two-game skid it was going to be trouble for them and you're seeing that happen right now um the thing that irked me the most is when they had that weekend against dallas and against colorado they had a big chance to step up and play the way they should have, and they didn't. We went to the game against Dallas, and it, they came out flat. No fight. Down 3 nothing in the second period, and you're like, are you serious? And it looked like, and we were, we've been talking about the Hawks for a while now, and we were saying that if they're going to come out and win these games, they need to start in the first period. And that was their problem for, I would say, the last, even though they were winning, they weren't coming out and scoring a lot of first period goals. They were they were waiting and scoring in the second and third, which don't get me wrong, they were winning and that's how they won a lot, a lot of their games. But when you're on the back end of a, of a winning streak and you lose one, the momentum's not always there, then you need to rely on that, on that no all game scoring kind of thing and that's what kind of happened in that Dallas game and you saw it consistently now with this with this run that they're on with their three and four in their last seven games um they didn't make a move at the trade deadline no we're gonna let's talk about that a little bit though um at the trade deadline uh you had some thoughts about what they did or i should say lack of doing there's not really a lot of moves i would have made uh obviously you're not going to be able to move keith and seabrook with their contracts and how old they are you're just going to have to kind of ride those out into the sunset the thing for me is um I would have liked to have seen them trade um, Anisimov, maybe package one of your lower-level prospects, get a younger defenseman, I'm saying like 23-24. You know, I would have thought trading Anisimov to try and get a little bit more cap space uh, would have been smart, but not every GM is Pete Chiarelli, so probably wasn't going to happen. I think what may have happened is that Hawks fans and including myself I kind of wanted them to make a move because at the time obviously they were still winning I mean they lost those two games before the trade deadline which kind of muted my my excitement of saying hey go for it now um but I, I thought that with them not making a move maybe that was the smartest thing to do considering you're looking at C- Columbus right now the chemistry issue that's going on over there 
Um, it's it's not too good. Um, but by not making a move, maybe they kind of realized who they were. I mean, everyone wants to hate on Stan Bowman, but why are you going to make a move to mortgage, mortgage your future right now when realistically they were a pretender, if we're being honest. If we're talking about pretenders and contenders, they were definitely a pretender. Oh, absolutely. There's a, There is no questioning that at this point um you know i I look at it you know you get big wins i got some of the uh premier teams in the nhl and i'm well they've struggled they've this whole season they've really struggled against the california teams for some reason and yeah i i really don't know what what that is about that and sorry when i say you know getting big wins against premier teams mostly teams in the playoffs uh i look at that minnesota game that they got a huge win in overtime you know but um the biggest thing for me was that after those home and home loss against colorado and dallas we discussed i told you i was like this is going to be the biggest stretch for them they're going to go over to california and they need to pull out out of these next six points at least five to, and they they dropped the deuce in in L A. I don't know what happened in L A. Um, six to three loss there. But you know what? You're right though. Like, and I was even I was even saying that too. Like, you're gonna have to get two points against Anaheim, come out and beat L A. Which I really didn't think was gonna be a problem. And you know, maybe hold on for dear life and hope that you can steal two points out of uh out of san jose which good luck with that i mean you know san jose is a good hockey team they're not if they were going to do anything they had to pull out five out of six points or even get four but they came out with only with only two and and that's and i think this is what puts the nail in the coffin i mean with their with their upcoming schedule it's it's not going to get any easier for them and i mentioned that even even with them not being in the playoffs they're only they're eight points back and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more difficult because right now they're going against two of the central division rivals right now in the blackhawks or against the stars and the coyotes this uh tomorrow and then on monday the coyotes um if they win these two games do, do you do, do you want them to make like i guess the question is right now if you're since you're a blackhawks fan do you want them to make the playoffs Honestly, um, I, I'm, I'm torn between that because, yes, would I like to watch playoff hockey? Yeah, of course, but I don't want to see my team get killed in the first round. I mean, the only the only thing is, and again, I'm, I'm going to have some sort of conspiracy here because this is what I do best. All right, so say, for example, uh, Nashville wins the division. You sneak in as that last wildcard team and you end up getting to play Nashville. St. Louis is going to play Winnipeg, most likely. Um, do, could you imagine like being able to, to sort of uh, upset the number one? No, they wouldn't be number one overall in the Western Conference playoff picture, would they? Right. But if you could if you could do to them what they did to you back in 2017, I think that'd be amazing. And then potentially play St. Louis. I mean, with the exception of one game, the Blackhawks have had St. Louis's number all year. I mean, they had that one outlier that was like a 7 to 3 loss. But I mean, I I don't want to get too ahead of myself here though. If they get past 
Nashville Predators. They go against St. Louis. Just say they beat them. You still have to face someone out of the Pacific Division. And right now, if it's between Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, the Blackhawks, and they have not done well against those Pacific teams. No, but I think if they had a, a good shot to beat any of them, I, I think it's Calgary. I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're the weakest one out of all of them because because they're definitely a, f- a fantastic team by themselves. I think that Vegas they have the best chance against Vegas in my opinion. But either way, either way, we're we're kind of they're not even in the playoffs right now. They're eight points out. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm glad we we got to do this. Uh, thank you for you know being on here and being the first one out of the puck 77 hey man no problem i appreciate you having me on all right dude i'm gonna send it back to the main podcast right now okay great interview uh uh nico thanks for bringing that from uh puck 77 our our podcast affiliate uh but yeah now we're gonna get into the eastern conference playoff primer Woo! yay so speaking, of, I just wanted to say, speaking of Carolina, man, I'm glad they got um, Nino Niederreiter and everything, but I love how they needed a scorer and they traded away Jeff Skinner. That just was really funny to me. Well, Nino Niederreiter um, is the scorer now for them. No, now, but it's like you could have had Jeff Skinner too, you know? It just, that part was funny. Um, and you gave him up for nothing because Cliff Poo got traded for future consideration, so. Wait, Cliff who? Cliff Poo. You didn't know that? He was an amazing prospect. No, no, I, I, no, I just wanted to hear him speak. Nice. Cause, cause Yo, what? <laughs> what's, his na- what, what's his name again? Yeah, Cliff, Cliff Pew. Pew. No, Pooh. All right. Now, so yeah, so we have four teams. So we're just going to talk about the Eastern Conference, uh, this podcast. So yeah, we're just going to be talking about the four teams who are mainly in it, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Senators. your Montreal Canadiens. And then... I also wanted to, I also, this is just my topic, I want to talk about, is it even worth being wildcard number two because you're going up against Tampa Bay, but that let's playoff, get into it. Playoff system. So, we talked about it last podcast, um, about who we thought were getting in, and I obviously said <coughs> that Carolina wasn't getting in. Um, Grav, who did you say wasn't getting in? Uh, I had Montreal not getting in. Oh, I forgot about that. Screw you. Um, Nico, <laughs> I think who I did chose you? Pittsburgh. I think yeah, I, chose I think Pittsburgh Nico chose Pittsburgh, which is dumb. No, in you chose you chose you chose Carolina. I feel, I thought I chose Carolina. I know that. I don't remember. Go listen to it. <laughs> Go yeah. listen to the last podcast right. and figure yeah, out. So what for I chose. me, I'm still sticking with Carolina as of right now. Um, again, I just don't think you can bet it against Crosby. I really want Columbus to make the uh, playoffs just because I want to see more teams go for it. Because guess what? If team if this fails, I think we'll be behind and teams wanting to go for it. They'll see this and they'll be like, "Ooh, do I really want to put up my job in jeopardy like Yarmo has? Um, will GMs want to put their job in jeopardy uh, to go for it? So I hope they make it. It's just good for the league and it's good for Columbus. Uh, Montreal, uh, as you know, I'm a half fan, and this season would pretty much be a failure if we don't make it just because if we didn't make it, I would rather just tank and get a better pick. So I really want to make it, and I want to make it to wildcard one. Because if you make the wild card two, it's pretty much a lock for getting swept or maybe six <laughs> games at max against Tampa Bay. Carolina, I just don't think I just don't think you can play against Crosby in the knife Carolina. So yeah, I, again, it's not worth being wild card two in my opinion because you're just gonna lose and just get a worse draft pick. So uh, everyone's fighting for that wild card one spot. I honestly, honestly, I think the biggest debate, like one of the biggest debates right now, is just the playoff bracket in general, not just who makes it, but like just the playoff bracket, Stupid. like the one, two, three, and then the wild cards. And oh, that's I, so dumb. 
I haven't, I haven't been a hockey fan for a while, so I have grown up with this system. And since I have that, like, I don't really mind too much. Mostly because I'm not a Maple Leafs fan, and that's pretty much the one fan base that's been screwed the most by it. But I don't think I feel like going to that one to eight system. I think it is the better fundamental system. But I kind of like how the NHL is different in that sense. Okay, so well, back in well back in the day, it used to be one one would go against sixteen. Yeah. Two against fifteenth, like way, because way conferences back. didn't matter. And traveling wasn't that big of an issue because like no one cared. Like, you think you no think it would be less of an issue now? Before they didn't even use uh, charter flights. Before yeah, but now were... people say it's an issue just because it's traveling and they need to be ready. But the thing is, I think like it needs to be one through. Wait, it just wait, makes what? More sense. And Tampa Bay is. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh rewind, screwed. rewind, rewind. Wait, what? What did you say? They so they need to be ready. No, I was no, no I was saying rest how, it up. No, I was saying how we don't. They went. They uh, let go of the one through sixteen system because they said, "Oh, flight time." Like apparently, like flying and just like all the. It, it well, just I'll agree. Work. That's what I was I'll saying. I'll agree, but like, I like if there was ever a first round between. No, it's Vancouver dumb. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. That's dumb. Oh, that's right, a right, reason. Right, right. Okay, I got saying. Okay, I was like, wait. I was like, wait. They need to be ready. I'm pretty I sure they know owners how to fly. and GMs <laughs> and NHL is like, oh, it might drop. You know, stuff like that. I was just saying. Uh, I was just imitating. Yeah. Them. Well, even so, back then, back then it's like, well, I guess, but like right now, if it was if it was Vancouver versus say New York, yeah, any New York team, that that kind of sucks for time zones, right? Exactly, that's that's, that's, that's a horrible issue. matchup. That's why they do it. And then the thing is, I'll be honest, the whole Atlantic is getting screwed over this year because Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto are all in the top five teams in the league, and Toronto and Boston are going to play in the first round. It's like a ninety percent chance of that. And then Tampa Bay has to play them in the second round when they are the best team in the league by far. Yeah, it's like, this affects, like, the two teams the most. And it's like, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Like, they and Tampa Bay. I mean, they're going to have to play one of those teams in the second round when they should not be. I mean, but you should probably face a decent team in the second round. That's usually how it goes. No, I but like if it's finish first, you should be able to face the least ranked team in that second round. That's, uh, that's <sighs> well, also, guess, so. get, get this. Imagine having the most amazing season like the Tampa Bay Lightning are. And then having and to then, play Boston and because face, Toronto's not winning that series. Or even or even having to face Pittsburgh in the first round. That's true, too. Yeah. Congratulations. Exactly. You get Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh you Penguins get, in round two. Or in round one. <laughs> Potentially round Maybe. one. Yeah. Like, there's, there's just too many. Like, I don't like this playoff form, but although... It's a lot better. I think the divisions and the playoff, like the divisions are a little bit better than how it was before. Because before the South where Washington used to the be. The divisions like, are better, but we just got to get rid of divisions in general, man. It's got to be just conferences. No. Yeah, I, would like, I would like conferences. Conferences, conferences are uh, stupid. You only have two Con- like that's just does I just haven't like having divisions like divisions create rivalries they create no teams that you, you can beat. still have the actual divisions but the playoffs should be one through eight I get the divisions and the division games that's cool but the playoffs have to be one through eight it just makes more sense in every like sense I don't like how tell me how it makes more sense I like with the NHL system there are so many more upsets than there are in the NBA that has the one to eight system that's the big thing for me like how besides last year like how many years have we seen a big upset I mean. Nashville versus Chicago would have never happened if we didn't have that system. Like that is sorry, Nico. I mean, the that biggest upset. Remember, remember Ottawa most... made to the conference finals in 2017. Yeah, 
you won't get that in the NBA yeah. system with the one to eight. That's the biggest thing for me that is so exciting about the NHL playoffs and why the NBA playoffs were so dumb is because you see these upsets, you see the excitement. You don't have the first team automatically going to the st- to the final just because they get to face the easiest team. I like having while it's good to reward the teams that are great. I want to see entertainment. I want to see though good teams kind of lose sometimes. I think that would be fun. And having those upsets, I think, creates more excitement. It creates more fans. And having a team like, let's say, Carolina, who I don't think is going to get past Tampa, but let's say they do for some reason, that would just be bonkers. That would be amazing to see. And as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, it won't. Would be, but yeah. it, would be cr- <laughs> it would be crazy. Uh, it won't happen, but the possibility is there, unlike in the NBA system where it's pretty much non-existent. Yeah, so I'm just going to skip over the question of if it's worth being wildcard too. It's not. You're going to play Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, not this year. Dumb. Not this year, no. So, yeah, so I just want to ask you guys really quickly. This won't be too long. But what happens to your Kick line? And obviously if they make the playoffs. So here's my two questions. If if they make the playoffs, I think even if they lose this, lose the first round, it doesn't matter. I think that's the same thing as missing the playoffs. So here's my question. If they make the playoffs and win one round, which is more than they've ever won in their whole uh, thing as an organization, franchise. what happens with Yarmo? And then if they uh, lose in the first round or miss the playoffs, he's fired, right? I'm pre- that's got to be. Uh, I would. It's, that's the rumor on the street right now. It's right? Like... It's got to be like, how do you keep him after that? I don't know, man. I, I If you're. If you're their GM and you've been put in such a situation where it's like, hey, you already know Panarin and Bobrovsky aren't coming back, um, but you have the potential to bring well, in... Well, in that case, then you would play rebuild, hard. right? That but, makes but you, seems like a smart decision. But you bring, you get the chance to bring in a player like Dezingle, who's honestly he's a good player. He maybe hasn't fit in so far, chemistry issue right now, and uh, along with Matthew Shane. But you don't Shane's know that Matt... Uh, uh, Panarin. They've yeah. developed some chemistry. Well, not really, but... Um, they seem to like each other. That's all I'm saying. Not on the well, ice, but uh, off the uh, ice. I guess. They seem but, to like uh, each other. But what again? that is like, you don't, if you, tra- you would think, say if you're playing NHL GM mode right now, if you traded for Duchesne and the Zingle, you would think, hey, this is pretty good. I just added it to my team with Panarin, Bobrovsky, Zach Warensky, Seth or Seth Jones. Like, hey, this is a pretty good thing. I think this is going to work out. You don't know that this isn't going to, this isn't going to work out. Is that necessarily Yarmo's fault for thinking, hey, a top center in the league and a pretty good top six forward is just going to fail on my team? Like, that's, I don't you think that's assume his. assume that. Like, I don't think it's going to be his fault, though, that, that it happens. I think it, if you look at it, I think it's good on him for actually going out and doing something instead of just sitting still. What if he trades Panarin and Bobrovsky and you get an underwhelming value? Like, and then you retool for three years because of it. To play, to yeah. play devil's advocate, they still have a. They still have a lot of, or not a lot of their prospects. They still have some prospects in that system. I'm pretty sure. They're um, pretty solid. They're still pretty solid. So maybe that's the only way um, that that happens. So yeah, I just want to put that out there. That yeah, they did get rid of first round picks, which are maybes. You don't know what's gonna happen with those first round picks. They could be bust. But they still have some uh, prospects in the thing. They're not like Pittsburgh or Calgary or actually, Grab. You just made a video of the worst prospect schools uh, in the Columbus league. was on it, by the way. Spoilers. Oh well, I would still say they're prospects. not in the worst position. I mean, they got rid of some. Gu- they got rid of some key guys with the Duchesne deal, especially. Or yeah, the Duchesne deal. Um, Davidson and Abramov are both solid prospects. They still have a decent prospect pool. They have a couple of guys that will probably turn out to be pretty solid players for them. But at the same time, when it comes to Yarmolkekalainen, honestly, 
right now. It, it's a tough situation to gauge because it could go either way, especially with the Columbus pretty much tiptoeing out of the playoffs and out. But even if they miss the playoffs, I would if I had to make the decision, I would still personally keep Yarrow. I still think he did a great job on not just going for it, but assembling the team that was there. I mean, it wasn't really his fault that Panera didn't want to stay in Columbus. It's not really his fault that Bobrovsky didn't want to stay in Columbus. But how he was able to build that team over the years and get guys like Dubois out he of traded butts, for He traded for Panera. Uh, yeah, and that deal was looking Saad amazing. Yeah, it was a great deal for Brandon Saad on a bad contract. He too. traded yeah. Seth Jones for, or he traded got Seth Jones for Ryan. Trujillo I would argue that was a good there. trade for both teams. That wasn't a fleece. I would argue yeah, it was great. He for chose both teams. he chose the boat the bois over over what Puyarvi. Who that was that was a ballsy move. Puyarvi, how do you say that? I don't know how you say it. Puyarvi, whatever. But but yeah, that was a that was a bold move, Cotton, and it worked out for him. Yeah. So like, I just wanted to say that their prospect pool isn't totally uh, like removed of players. I mean, they still have Gabriel Carlson, who's a pretty solid guy. I'm pretty sure. Well, um, they got Elvis, Footy, Texier. Yeah. Uh, they those still guys, signed Milano, Those guys are ready to go. Ryan McKinnis. Those guys are ready to go next year for sure. Yeah. This, their prospect pool is re- is really good to go for this next year. Yeah. So they still have some prospects there. So that's not like even a problem, really. I mean, obviously you might have been featuring Grav's video, but Grav isn't that smart, so. Yeah, um, not true. <laughs> I mean, you got a. I think their best prospect right now is Emil Bemstrom. He's been amazing in the SHL uh, yeah. as a 19 year old. He's by far their best prospect right now. They got Foodie in the first round last year. He's okay. Uh, but, like, the Columbus isn't in a position to have this great prospect pool. They don't need it, really. And they traded guys for it to get guys like Duchesne and Dezinkel. So they're in that position to win right now. And even though they aren't necessarily winning, I still think the moves that Yarmo has, has made warrants him staying i mean if he is fired which team is not calling for him like even if they miss the playoffs like that is still a guy that has made great probably they'll still keep keep gretzky because let's be honest that's what they're gonna do they're gonna keep keep gretzky that'll be i don't want to talk about the oilers (laughs) let's not let's not do that god we don't want to go for that pain let's not even start okay um not about um the Columbus Blue Jackets. I guess let's talk about Pittsburgh a little bit. Pittsburgh's actually in the third, uh, third playoff in the division right now. Um, Crosby in. Uh, McDavid's not in. I mean, yeah, that's pretty. I, I, McDavid hasn't been in for two years, unfortunately. He with the Edmonton Oilers, it's kind of they've been so bad over the past. Like they, like I'm just sad for McDavid. Well, here's honestly. the thing: they have they have players, man. I think they just need to get a like a just a league average GM. I mean, you have Drysdale scored 40 goals. You have Connor McDavid, obviously, who is tied for the best player. And I would say you have Ryan Hawkins, who's Fairly underrated, I would say. He could probably be a second-line center. Super underrated. So, again, you have those three guys. You just have to... Listen, you can put Connor McDavid with just some good... Like, you could put him like a, with a guy like Connor Brown, who was reported to maybe go there. Um, you can put him with some suitable guys. Then you could have uh, uh, Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl if you wanted to. You have a lot of options on offense. You just need to somehow get rid of that Lucic contract. And on defense, you have some guys like Darnell Nurse has progressed really well this year, in my opinion. And then you have some usable guys, and but some guys who can maybe get some assets back, and then you can flip those assets for some other players. You the, best, some... the best thing about that is, so I saw a tweet by by the Oil Knight, my, my boy the Oil Knight, SPR. I think, Oilers, yeah, I think I know them. The Oilers are going to have an a 100-point player, potentially two 100-point players. With Jai Seidel. Uh, a 60-point player in Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a 40-point um, defenseman in Darnell Nurse, 
and they're still going to miss the playoffs. Because they, the, the GMs and the GM and the ownership there has been incompetent. And that's that's being friendly to them. They've been incompetent. When you have a guy like Conor McDavid, I don't care if they signed for $12.5 million, you are being incompetent as a general manager. When you have a guy like Pooley Arvey, like he, he's still good, I feel. They botched him so By far. By the way, that video on the bike was really funny. He's like, that smile was like really... Uh... Pooley Arvey is one of the funniest players I've seen in so freaking long, and it pains me so much that they he's practically hilarious. ruined him. No, they screwed they him over, him. man. They really ruined him. There was a story that was on, uh, I don't know, I think I read it or somewhere, but um, Puyarvi ended up at um, Teddy Purcell's house, and he got a ride by um, by one of the city workers on a snowplow to his house. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just jumped on a snowplow and ended up at Teddy Purcell, that br- net name brings me back. I love yeah. Teddy Purcell, man. Teddy Purcell low-key had the best hands in the league, not gonna yeah. lie. So, I just think it's crazy that... Crosby and McDavid. Well, McDavid's not going to be in, obviously, but the fact that Crosby not be in because he's been there. I'm pretty sure since he's been, I'm pretty sure since he's joined the league, he's always been in the playoffs, right? He missed. He so, missed the. Uh, he, he missed, missed the, the year first after, year. but then after that, he hasn't missed. So that's kind of crazy that Sidney Crosby is not going to be in the playoffs. So that's kind of crazy, and obviously, I you guys probably think it's crazy too. I just wanted to talk about something really quick. Um, before we get to uh, the Leafs, Bruins, and Tampa Bay, I just want to talk about the Islanders. They've fallen to second in the Metro, which is fine. They're still good, 87 points, still uh, four points ahead of Pittsburgh, who's in third in that division spot. But do we think they're real, and what do we think about their future and uh, the now with the Islanders? I mean, their future is good right now. They have an amazing prospect pool, as I could probably tell. But they have a lot of... Their team is kind of that mixture of oldness and youth where you're going to see some turnover, but you're going to see a lot of prospects coming in and filling roles that they kind of needed over the years. It all depends... When it comes to their future, when it comes to their now, it all depends on the goaltending. They have a pretty good goaltending prospect in Sorokin. If he turns out well, that's that's pretty much fixed. But he's in the KHL right now. He's like 23. That's not a, a sure bet right now. And I, I don't care how good Leonard's played right now, I still don't see him as this elite goaltender he's playing right now forever. Like, even Grice, he's getting older. And even though Leonard might be a solid guy, I still don't think he's going to be the answer for New York if they want to win a, win a cup or two. But they have the potential with some of their young guys. Barzal is borderline almost a and a top five player at some point he's going to be that Bolivier is amazing Everly will be still be there oh, Bolivier has been he's underrated like he's underrated he's been great for like the past three years Brazil. he's been great yeah. I liked him last year really when they uh, yeah I liked 30, him last year 38 games for Robin Leonard a 2.19 goals against average and a 920 save percentage 37 oh. games for Thomas Grice he's kind of two point two point 2.26 goals against I like that average, rotation. And a 9.27 save percentage. They have the Jennings Trophy in the bag. They have they have the best goaltending in the league right now. It's a good rotation because you have both these guys fresh, and they're both good when they're fresh. They can't be starters per se, like full starters, but they're also not bad enough to be backups. So this is kind of perfect. But again, do you yeah. want both goalies on two kind of semi-decent contracts, right? Uh, that's the issue there. Exactly. This, this team... I don't. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're one of the deepest teams, but at the same time, I think they're one of the deepest teams. I know. I know that may not make sense. The whole. I know that may not make sense to a lot of people. From their bottom line to their top line, they play as like a team. 
Yeah. Like I know I know I say that like wow, they're playing as a team, but literally, like every single line knows their role. Like that third line with um Komarov and Filpula, they 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 uh Barry Trotz calls them the fix it Felix line. Yeah. And literally every time they go out there, they literally fix it up. They they clean it out of the defensive zone, defensive zone, dump it in the O zone and then they switch off. That's their role. The the fourth line, all they do is beat up people, and they get they get goals in. They do that. Second line scores. First line scores. Like exactly. the the consistency between the first and the fourth line on the Islanders is amazing. And a, a lot of people, I think, are going to sleep on them going into the playoffs. So let me back up your statement that they play as a team. Team. So they have Anders Lee, who has 24 goals. Brock Nelson has 21 goals. Casey Zekas, who has 19 goals. Barzal, who has 17 goals. Beauvillier has 16 goals. Valtteri Filpula, who's on the bottom of the lineup, third line, 15 goals. Josh Bailey, 14 goals. Everly, 13 goals. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 guys who have over 10 goals. Then you have Ryan Pulock, who's a defenseman with 8. So again, they're playing as a team. They score with they score with depth, um, kind of like the Canadians. And uh, yeah, uh, that just backs up the fact that they play as a team. They're very team oriented. They don't have one guy taking charge like you would think. Oh, Barzell is like taking charge of that team. No, they play as a team. He might have more points, but that's only five over Bailey. So they play as a team, and I, I think if they continue this and continue to develop, I don't think this year is their time. But in the future, man, they're on. They have. A good chance of being good for like a long time. And like, and, and like for me as for me as a Leafs fan, obviously I'm glad that we got Tavares. But like thinking about it, you know, if you add Tavares to this lineup, like this team could probably go to like a third round. I'm just saying, I know their defense is not as good, but they have so such that's a great their issue, right? That's what well, they, they need have to fix in the off season. Well, they have such a great coach in Barry Trotz that he turns no defense into amazing something defense, yeah. defensemen. That I think that it kind of masks that fact. He I don't think you need, yeah, I don't think you need need another defense. I know another defenseman would help, but at the same time, hey man, you Ooh, have I'm, a I disagree. You have a well, I mean, if you, I don't know, I don't disagree. Look at their shot differential. Look at their look at their uh, their xG gain versus you no know, shots suppressed this year compared to obviously last year was horrible. But you look at this team versus a lot of teams that have say better defensemen they're up there so i don't i don't i i don't think that you necessarily need to have a better defenseman core if all of them are knowing their roles and can play well i i think nick lady nick letty has had a fantastic season because he's not necessarily being forced to be just this offensive player he's being able to move the puck up like he can but also he's putting positions where if he's up there he can move back and there's players back for him so he's in a better defensive you no know, position and i think that that raises uh the value of these defensemen yeah so don't get me wrong Barry Trotz is a great coach and obviously he's revived careers and stuff so don't get me wrong i don't think they need a big fish or just a whole revamp i just think their defense it's not good enough at this moment. So maybe add a couple pieces, and that's that's what I would do. Because, again, Barry Trotz really helps that out, really does. Because, again, if with any other coach, I would say they need a lot of help on the defensive end. But with Barry know. Trotz, you only need a little bit. But look bit. at this. But look at this. So Adam Pellick, he's come in. He's been a great top four defense. And the points aren't there, but he don't. you don't really need him to get points. Nick Letty, you already know he's a top four defenseman. As you mentioned earlier, as you mentioned, Zach or Johnny Boychuk, he he's had a great year. And then uh, Ryan Ryan Polak, Polak has been a Polak. fantastic. He's been a fantastic top um, top defender for this team. 
So I may you don't want you know you wanna uh upgrade because um what's his name? Boychuk is a little bit older. But at the same time, hey, uh, I think this top four of the Islanders has been underrated this whole season. And obviously, it, it shouldn't be underrated because of where they are in the standings and how consistent they've been. Okay, yeah, their goal is right. allowed. Second round exit for them. All right, cool. So we talked a lot about the Islanders today. Let's move on. Uh, we're going to be talking about how the Leafs and, Bru- and the Bruins have like a 90% chance uh, to play each other just because of how, again, how the wild card <laughs> is. So, Nico, I guess I'll pass this on to you because you know all about this in Game 7s, and yeah, you, you can talk about it because I, all I have to say is that I think it's going to be a me- Here, I'll just, because I'll be quick. Go I ahead. Just, I just think it's going to be an aw- awesome insist. series, very intense. Talk about the Leafs and Bruins. Listen, I hope the Leafs lose. I hope the yeah, Leafs lose. Ahead. But all I wanted to say is that it's going to be a very fun series to watch, let's be honest. It's going to be a fun series because of how intense it is. And uh, yeah, it's gonna. Do you be enjoy cool. pain? It's gonna be cool if the Leafs can finally get by the Bruins. But I enjoy the pain. Bruins are on a tear. So Nico, how, tell us how you. I'm enjoy sorry. Pain. Were you trying to tell me about the Leafs and Bruins series? I couldn't hear you over the stabbing noise going through my head. Yeah, I was kind of like trying to be like, oh, they could get, they could beat them this year, but they no. they'd probably want to avoid a game seven because if they do not, that's tough. Okay, um, I'm gonna try and be a uh, optimistic Leafs fan. Um. This That's is my hard. best impression of an optimistic Leafs fan. So we're going to go against the Bruins. Last year, we didn't have Jake Muzzin and John Tavares. This year, we have Jake Muzzin and John Tavares. And the, so that and could, the Bruins don't have Rick Nash, which is... Yeah, huge. they don't have Rick Nash. <laughs> so that means Leafs win. Yeah. No, okay, so, all right, realistically here. So this this season, the, the Bruins have still had... The Leafs number, but if you're ever going to become a Stanley Cup contender, a Stanley Cup winner, you have to beat, defeat your dragon. Face adversity. You, know, you need to, you need to face adversity and and you know win. You got to beat these these teams. You got to beat the best to be the best. Because you got to face Tampa anyways in the second round. You might as well exactly. Get some yeah, you might as well go somewhere through the Bruins. And right now, um. Just avoid a game seven, man, and then I'll give you. A I, I don't think it's avoiding game seven. I think it's having more consistency through games three and four. Actually, you're because... right. Not game seven. The third period of game seven. My bad. That was well, my not fault. okay. Yeah, that's you. Okay, we get you know, jokes are over. But for and real, the four one leads. Like yeah, I hate those. Um, but no, going having better consistency through earlier in the series, man. Like why are we why are we going down four goals in the first period in the third game? Why in the fourth game? Why in the fourth game are we gonna go up two zero all the way up until the, the end of the second and then go into the third down three two? Like it's just like solution. they're they're, they're killing themselves and go back to nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, well they're killing themselves in these in these early games of these series. Now it's two years into the Austin Matthews era. Um, well three years now. Um, Third year. And, yeah, and this year is obviously. A, no, we're gonna to need to make some roster moves to sign, uh, you know, Mitch Marner. But this is the and can, yeah, all these guys. Like this is this is the year where we have the most depth. I think I think we have the, one of the best, if not the best, forward depth in the league. Um, and even on defense, we've improved with Jake Muzzin. Once Travis Dermott comes back, I I want to say that this team can beat the Bruins. I really do. I think that they can. I it, it might. 
it might take game seven. Oh, for, they could definitely yeah. beat them. That's not the question we're asking is, will they beat me? They do have the talent uh, to beat them. And if they play uh, like they can, I mean, scoring all these goals, they definitely can. It's just the question if they will and if they have that, just that willpower, you know. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to speak for Grav and say, obviously, it's intense. I mean, unless you have anything else to put, Grav, to... I mean, I just want to see the Maple Leafs get passed around. That's all I want to see. Yeah, that's the thing. But I need to see. I need to see it. The Leafs have to get past the first round. I don't even... I'm not even talking about the Bruins. Just if get they don't past get the past round. the first round, if they don't get past the first round this season, like they have, they've made the playoffs three straight years. Like that first year where they faced Washington, it was fine that they lost the first round, completely fine. That second year where they faced Boston again, that was looked at as a year that they would finally get some or make some moves, make some advancements, and it was a huge disappointment. It was a huge disappointment that they didn't go to the second round. And this year is looked as a year where they should contend for a cup of Tavares. They should be somewhat successful. And Especially that means... Especially that and Jake Muzzin, too. Underrated yeah, asset doing it in the actual playoffs. Doing it in the actual yeah. playoffs and getting it done. Guy like Muzzin was put into beat a team like the Bruins. And right now it's looking doubtful because Muzzin's kind of looked off. You've got... You got injuries with Gardner and Dermott, and I feel like the team can definitely beat the Boston Bruins. It's all about that. I think I don't think the goaltending was a problem there in the last round, but it definitely wasn't great. Freddie was in Game Seven, that's for sure. Yeah, Freddie um, didn't have the greatest game then. Well, what what I think a lot a lot of people, I mean, including myself, get down about is like, oh, it's the big bad Bruins here to take us down. No, what they took down a completely different team in 2013. Last year was technically the first time that the that these lead that these Leafs have these won against Leafs, the yeah. Bruins. This so team. it's like it's not like we've won against them for the last five years in a row. And we've been defeated all five times in the first round. It's only been one year. It's only been one year, guys. Like we also have to realize that take and look and take it outside the box and be like, okay, you know what? It's only been one year. It's okay. One team. If you could do anything once you get into the playoffs, and I do have. I do have hope. I I get this pessimism because I am a Leafs fan and I've been so full of just losses, hardcore. It's not that the Leafs have lost before. It's how they've lost. And it's like how many times they've sucked, how they've, how they've traded players and just how they've all turned out to be fantastic. And every time we trade one, they, they score against us. And it's like, and it's like, Everybody, man. Josh everybody. Lievo. Josh, Josh Levo. Josh Levo. Yeah, everybody, man. Panic too. Um, and like that's why the pessimism comes out. And I don't get happy when I talk about the Leafs because it's like, Ugh. but really, realistically, I think I, I, I think I speak for a lot of Leafs fans where it's like, yo, I, I, I believe in this team. I believe in the Leafs. If you're listening to me, any are Leafs you out in? there? Are See you Bagel. in? Yeah, are you in for real? Like you need to be in if you're a Leafs fan. Quit crying about the Bruins, man. Why don't you be like, yeah, no, F I those Bruins. Say, quit your job and like, I thought, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> quit your job and, and go, go cheer on your team. Yeah. No, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to cheer for the Leafs. I believe they could win. Let's go Leafs. All right, so quickly, let's just uh, let's just talk about the Lightning really quick. So uh, we kind of have, it's kind of a very uh, open-ended question, but do we believe of them had uh, uh, <laughs> people know the Lightning are great? Do we believe in them heading to playoffs? I think it's an obvious yes. It's like, come on, guys! It's that Lightning. They went to the. I don't know, man. I don't know. I so, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's a uh, it's stop. just the Lightning. Stop. It's not even. It's not even. <laughs> no, I for real though. I think a lot of people are like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, the, they the, can't be because they're going on a historic run and. 
Their, their regular season. Their depth is amazing. Their third line is people's first first lines in the. What happened last here. year? So that happened last year, but I think it's a very. What happened year before team. that? This is the first year where they've had everyone healthy and everyone going for the entire. Last time season. they made the Stanley Cup final so, was in yeah. 2015. So yeah, let's. Uh, so yeah, let's. I think it's a pretty. I think we all believe in them. So really quickly, who is your guys' dark horse? Um, I guess we'll keep this to the um Eastern Conference. Uh, let's keep uh, let's keep it in the Eastern Conference because we'll do the Western Conference uh, next time in the podcast next week. So yeah. By the way, Tampa Bay is only uh, Tampa Bay is already uh, qualified, which is crazy. We've already clinched the playoffs, yeah, spot with a crazy. month ago. So yeah. So let's <laughs> pick our dark horse for the Eastern Conference here. Uh, Nico, what do you think? Um, okay, I kind of mentioned that. I wouldn't really necessarily call him a dark horse, but um, I'll tell hypothetically. You if dark horse. I'll tell you if it's allowed. All right, well, hypothetically, so if Carolina makes the playoffs, every time they make the playoffs, they seem to just have this magical run. I know it's been a long time since they made the playoffs, but in 2009, they made it all the way to the conference finals where they got beat by the um, eventual Stanley Cup winner, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But even prior to that, last time they made it there, they won the cup. And then before that, they went to the cup final in 2003. I know it may be long distances between each team, but I think if Carolina gets in, um, they just have that weird voodoo between them that, hey, yeah. they get in, they have, a, they have the chance. Okay, so Grav, who do you think is the dark horse uh, for the Eastern Conference we're doing? Because we'll do uh, Western Conference teams uh, next episode. I mean, if we're talking about wild card, if we're talking about a team that would go into the wild card two and just maybe maybe win against Tampa or at least have a solid chance of doing it, I would say the Columbus Blue Jackets kind of have that best chance because if their team uh, gets going at the right moments, I, I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning will lose that round, but I think Columbus could make it close and maybe Bobrovsky gets hot and does some magic and gets over there. But I feel like with the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're the team out of that. Maybe Pittsburgh could do it, but I, I feel like they're a little bit... They're, I think they lack a little bit of magic this year, but if Columbus were to get in that wild card two position, I wouldn't be scared if I were the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I would be a little bit concerned. Okay, so for my Eastern Conference, uh, uh, Dark Horse, I'm not going to pick the Habs just because <laughs> I think they could be just because of how hard they work, but um, I won't pick them just for the game. Would you guys allow me to pick the Islanders as my Dark Horse, even though they are in second? That's what uh, I was going to choose, actually. I was actually so going to choose them, too. I they think I'm going to choose them just because they are, um, just because people are sleeping on them a little bit, just because they don't believe in them. So I'm just going to choose them just to back them up. We talked about how uh, their depth has been great and how they play like, like a playoff team would. Other than Barzell and uh, Bailey and Lee and Eberly, it's like the rest of their guys just play like with hard work, you know? It's just a lot of hard work and effort and just grind it out. Uh, their goalies are playing amazing, which is something you need in the playoffs. You need a hot goalie, and they have two of those right now. So I would pick the Islanders to maybe do some stuff in the playoffs, maybe make it to a uh, conference final um, because it can avoid Tampa Bay until then, realistically. Um, but, yeah, so that's one thing I would say. That's the that's the team I'd pick for now. Uh, although that's I do that. like your guys' picks, and uh, I do like Columbus as well. Grab, uh, I think with their moves, if they make it to the playoffs, they can do some stuff. And their power play is just I don't know I don't know how it's doing right now. I didn't really look it up, but if they get hot, man, they have a lot of good players on that power play. Good players. All right, so are we going to the ting? Are we going to the ting? We're going to the thing. Last week we started out a new segment, the game show. Jay's game where- show. Where the where the hockey god won? You remember Nate? Remember when you lost? No. 
Yeah, escape my memories. Yeah, he so lost. Nico is up one. So we'll do this every uh, episode, or maybe not every episode, but most episodes. So right now, uh, uh, Nico is up one to nothing in the series. We'll call it. So today's game show, we have a little bit of a goalie episode. Okay. So what's going on is I have a uh, a few goalie questions here, and that's what we're going to be doing. I told them not to look up any goalie stats other than Grice and Leonard. So yeah, I have that. So I have an official rule system too, uh, just to make it a little bit more official. So for each question, I'll give them, I'll give them the ca- the conference just to narrow it down just a little bit. Then I'll give them each two guesses. They also get a hint of their own choosing. Uh, they just have to ask me, and I'll give them a hint. After that, if they still can't get it, I'll say whether they're a contender as a final hint. Uh, just and then uh, uh, they will each get one more guess with that extra hint that they're if they're a contender. Now, the reason I'm not giving them, and they can't ask this as their question, but the reason I'm not giving them uh, divisions is just because it's goalie, so that would make it, like, way too easy. So, the points will be as follows. So, you get three points with only the conference and the two guesses, so they don't use their own guess, and they guess it just uh, via conference. Then they'll get two points with the conference and their own hint using those two questions, and then one if they have to use the extra hint. So, does that make sense, guys? Are we good? Can you explain it one more time? Yeah, I'm going to win anyway. (laughs) Okay, so for the first question, let's go a little bit weird here, guys. For the first questions, who leads goaltenders and penalties in minutes? Penalty minutes? Vasilevsky. (laughs) That is wrong, but I'll give you the conference. It is uh, the West Conference, the Western Conference. Ben Bishop. Um, that's your two Mike's... guesses done, and that's not it. No. Uh, hold on. I hold said Vasilevsky, but then you said the conference. Sure, fine. You have one guess, grab one guess, one more guess. I'm gonna go with Mike Smith. That is not it either. What's penalty minutes? This is just the first question. I have a lot of questions here. Okay. That's so random. Yeah, um, it is random. Uh... You know, Cam Ward is taking a lot of penalty misses. You're Cam Ward. It is not. Um, okay, you have both your guesses gone. I'm going to yeah, ask it. a question here. Mm. Guys, you use your hint. You wanted the three points, but it cost you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do, is the best player on this team a defenseman? Yes. Ooh, that narrows it down a little bit. Uh, Pekka Rene. No. So I will give you, if they're a contender, I would say no, but kind of. Realistically, they're kind of a contender. Varlamov. Nope. Okay. Kind of, but a contender, and it's not the Blackhawks goalie. Okay. Um, man, if it's in the pas- West, is it in the West? Best player is a defenseman. Um, in the can't answer. I'm gonna go best player. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson could be the, but who's their goalie? <laughs> I don't know their I'm not goalie. telling you now. I know who it is. Uh, I'm not telling you. Gotta make is a guess. It, I'm gonna oh, you. man. It's not Ranta because he's out. I can't remember his name. He <laughs> I'm played, not he, telling you. He, he played He played Five, on, he played on Minnesota. Four, <laughs> I'm not telling you. Three. Yes, he got it. He got it with two seconds left. Oh, my God. He got Darcy Kemper with two Are you kidding me? That is crazy. That is only one point, though, Grav. You still have time, a lot of time. But wow, he gets one point. Wait, I thought wait, he was gonna wait, forget, how, and he got it. <laughs> wait, how many? How many um, penalty minutes he have? He has eight penalty minutes. How? What? What? Or six? Who's I second? think six. My bad. Six. Sorry. Who, who's second on that list? Second is a bunch of goalies who have four. 
that's unbelievable. I thought it was Cam Ward. I know Cam Ward's taken. Okay, so Nico, I need you to keep track of your points. I trust you guys. Should All I? All right, I, I got, I got but... one. I got Nico one. has zero. I have, have 10,000. All right, so Nico has one. All right, so now we're going to go to a little more of a normal question, if you want to call it normal. We have, who leads the league and wins for a goaltender? Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. That is both wrong, and it's in the West. What? Yep. It's wrong. In the, in the West? It's in the West, and they're wrong, and you guys are wrong. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep. You got it. You got it. That's right, boy. I like how you guys listen to Vasilevsky now. I was like, guys, it's not. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's the obvious choice. So that's actually, wait, that's a quick three points. For Nico. Oh yeah, wait. Let's do. Let's do one more. Let's do how many? How many points? I know. I have, no, no. We have. We have more time. Don't worry. I'll go through all of them. All right. Cool. Cool. We all got right, time. I'm, Don't I'm, worry. I'm, 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 how I'm many fun. questions are we at doing? Uh, we have like uh six. Let's do six. Let's do all six. Let's got it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do all six. All right. Right all now, right. I have uh four. I have four, have four points. points. Okay. Zero, so by the way, here we go. <laughs> Who wow. leads the league in saves? Saves? Saves. They're in the Eastern Conference. It has to be Freddie Gibson. Anderson. Gibson. Uh, Freddie in the in the Eastern. He just said Eastern. Oh. Yeah, Eastern I Conference. I thought he said West. It has to be Freddie. There's no way it's not Freddie. You are in No, you're correct. It was Frederick Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> well Nico's a hockey god. Hockey <laughs> god. Okay, so that's seven points for Nico because again he didn't use uh, uh his own hint. Okay, only so reason, me, hold here, on. Only reason grab. I know that is because there was a there's a statistic on NHL Network the other night that was like, can Freddie Anderson win the Vesna? And he should. Okay. Well, so yeah, grab, he certainly can. I'll give you, grab, I'll give you a weird question so that you can maybe get it. It's who leads goaltenders and points. Conference West. Ben Bishop. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> I was like, Hellebuck. Pardon? Hellebuck. Nope. You, you should probably use your hand here, Grab, so you get two points. Does this team wear yellow? No, they do not. They do not wear yellow. Yikes. Uh, um, Jones. Nope. Yikes. Okay, Mike you have Smith. one more question, Nico. Mike Smith? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Mike so, Smith hasn't played. So as a contender, I would say no, like realistically no, but eh is what I put down. Eh. Oh, man, this season. Oh, man, I don't even know. It's going to be a guy who, here, I'll give you another hint. You would not believe who I'm going to say. Markstrom. No. A starting goaltender. Um. Okay. You're not. I'm not gonna. He believe is who technically he... starting. That's what I would say. Do I? Do I like this team? I don't know. How, how does he know? <laughs> Maybe. You know. Okay. Make your guess, man. <laughs> Five, four. I don't know. Uh, three. Uh, I don't know. Hellbuck. That's my best. Guess. No. <laughs> Want to know who it is? He's still technically a starting goaltender. It is Corey Crawford. Oh wait, really? It is what? Corey Crawford. How? Yeah. How many games? How many games has he played? I have he's, no idea because I don't like, have it up right now. He's Actually, I do like have it up. Fifteen games. But yeah, he uh, he leads here. I'll pull it up right now. I have it right here. Um, His stats right here. must be horrible. Uh, goalie summary. Here we go. And by points, I, I'm just gonna tell you how many points he has. Um. He has... He has to have, like, two. He has four points. He has four points. Okay. A, I would never so now that. we have... Okay, so that's nothing. So it's still 7 nothing. Let's go to who leads uh, goaltenders in games played slash started. Games Flurry. Played. Yeah, oh. I was going uh, uh, to say Flurry, too, man. All right, so it's 7-3. Good stuff. Um, I'm like the Blackhawks in the Western Conference All right, race. so this I'll accept two answers, so you just have to give me one. 
Who leads the league in goals against average? Goals against average? Leonard. Nope. Oh, and West. Oh. You don't uh, get that Bennington. guess back. Bennington. Bennington. Has to be Bennington. Grav, this is really unfortunate. That's one, Sad. That is one of the names, but there is one more. So, Grav, I'll give you one guess to get it. I'll give you three points, too, just because you're down I know so who. I know who it is. I so know. If he doesn't get it, then I know who it former is. Former Stars goaltender. Jack Campbell. No, Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop, man. It's ben you Bishop. said former. Yeah, that's not a good hint. Man. What? You said former. Oh, my. my bad. I didn't mean to say it like that. My bad. It's all right. It's all right. You lost that. Anyway. I Maybe messed up the word. Whatever. You, you were going to get the point. Anyway. You know what? Screw it. He gets three points. 10-6. I mean, I'm not going to win anyways. I'm the show That's host. Right. I'm the game host. I literally, I literally, can't, I literally can't win anyway. <laughs> Whatever. No, no. We still have questions. We still have... I, here, right, I one have more. one... Right, well, one more for the win. One more for I the have win. There we go. We'll two more questions. Two. I have two more questions. All right, all right, all right. We'll do two so more. these will be worth double, okay? All right, go. All right. So, who leads the league for goaltenders in shutouts? It's going to be... Marc-Andre Fleury. That's correct. <laughs> okay, let's just get this over with then. Who leads? Hockey God. Hockey God. Man, this is tough, Grab. This is really tough. Okay. I literally watched the goalie show the other night, so I'm I sorry, wasn't gonna. Grab. I'm not. I'm not gonna say who leads leading shots against because we know that because of saves. But who leads goaltenders in save percentage? Campbell. No. Man. Um. Is it Vasilevsky it, now? Yep, you got it. Oh, oh damn! Okay. I knew he was catching up. I yeah. was gonna say Ben Bishop. I know he's been really good. Yeah. Not that good. All right, so Nico has won. Congratulations. That's right. That's right. Um, unfortunately, Grab, know. you are zero and two. So that's uh, unfortunate. But Ooh. you know what? It's fine because next time we'll have another chance, and I'll make it so it's really random. Hopefully. <laughs> that's right. <And> not goaltenders. <laughs> after after every game, you need to say, Nikos, you are the best. Every time we... No, you, that's Grav, not me. I'm the, yeah, yeah, I'm the host. Yeah. All right, there you go, Nate. I'm waiting for you to say, Nikos, you're the best, and you're the hockey god. Okay, I'll say this. Tampa is winning 6-1 to against Toronto Maple Leafs right now. And Warren nice. Riley said a bad word. Yeah, I'm, we're not going to talk this. about that. Yeah. Not, all right, let's end this stuff. Let's end it. All boys. right, all right. We are done, okay? We are done. Follow no Religion of Hockey Podcast on Twitter, at ROH Podcast on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, that's where you can find the hub for all podcasts. And uh, make sure to follow us. So, Nico. Yeah, follow me on at on Twitter, at Nico from the Tia. So I can't speak English. I'm just so excited for my win. Literally, he blew you out of the water, Grab. I don't know how that happened because well, we gave him double points there. Goalies is random. Double. Goalies is random, man. I literally watched the show the other night, so I, pl- yeah, I blame that. Nico. That's Nico's fault. Screw him. You're cheating. Grab him. Hold on. You can find me at Nico from the TO on Twitter. Um, also, same username on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, y'all. Um, and um, you can find all Oof. my articles on puck77.com. Okay, well, so, I'm a hockey so guy, by me, the way. Follow me on Twitter at 416J. Don't do it. F-O-U-R-O-N-E-S-I-X-J-A-Y. 416J on Twitter. And then I'm doing some Twitch and YouTube stuff at the same on the same um, name. Time. So look me up there. Uh, Grav, everyone knows you, but go for it. Oh, by the way, I congratulations am Grav. on that 20,000 view video. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Grav. You can find it, me on it YouTube. Was, it was just very cocky, Emmy, just so, just so we know. It was a joke in Ian's video. Yeah. Um, I, care. <laughs> I care. I'll tell you. I, Louisa no, Jay. One. Jay, you're the Abs fan here. You're the Abs fan. But I am Grav G R A V I T E H on YouTube. Nathan Gravity on Twitter. You'll find me there as well. I have more followers than Jay, and that is his final. We're a podcast, eh? This is a short <laughs> one. 
Yeah, well, we'll have the interview on top of it, so it'll be yeah, like... Yeah, and then we'll have the Western uh, Conference next week. Yeah, we'll do that next week, but for now, that'll be it. Again, thanks for Jay and Nico for coming on, of course, the co-host as always. But again, thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode. Uh, it was a fun one, a little bit of a long one with that interview, but again, thanks for James for accepting the interview and coming on but that'll be it we'll see you guys in next week's episode of the religion of hockey podcast keep preaching hockey goodbye